testify, but you just can't win, because I'm here to tell you you guilty as sin. Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. Hey everyone, it's the Monty Man, and you are about to take part in the experience, the strength, and the hope of this episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment we've all waited for. Three, two, one, zero. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come here for a minute. I want to talk to you. Talk to you. Against the wall, can't find peace of mind. Brain needs an overhaul. Bonehead brain. The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. Yes, indeedy. I'm telling you the truth, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I wouldn't lie to you, Margie. <laughs> Good guys, bad boys, we're all the same. Saved by grace in the, the name of the, of the game. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay your burden down. Well, welcome to the Tank 12 Recovery Radio Show here in uh, beautiful Albany, Oregon, broadcasting via the internet worldwide. Um, I am the Monty Man, and in the studio with me is Dave Fleming. What? I can't see him behind that microphone. There you go. He's hiding. There, there's Dave Flame, Fle, Fleming. Flaming? Fleming? Fleming? Watch it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oops. Oopsies. Um, uh, CADC level two, and there is Margie. Hi, Margie. And there is Marv. Good morning. Right? And Denver. Howdy. Uh, of course, you guys are getting a view of them if you're li- watching on our YouTube channel. Um, by the way, if you ever want to watch us on our YouTube channel, just go to youtube.com forward slash M-O-N-T-Y-M-E-Y-E-R. And that'll take you to our YouTube channel. Also go to take12radio.com and you can access us on all major podcasting platforms. Listen, so... Um, the topic this week is court-ordered recovery. Listen, the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence estimates that 50% of state and federal prisoners meet the clinical criteria for a substance use disorder. In May 2016, 46% of all federal inmates in the country were serving sentences for drug-related convictions. Um, so that would lend itself to perhaps a lot of people being court ordered to attend 12 step meetings or maybe even treatment. So we're going to be talking about that and some of the attitudes that kind of fly around in our 12 step groups and in our treatment centers when it comes to people who are court ordered. Um, so, but before we do any of that, um, we have to present Margie. Margie is now, she's made the wall. She's, she's up there on the wall. And, and she gets she gets her own plaque. If you're on YouTube, oh. you get to see it there, right there, right. Margie, congratulations! Thank you. Thank you for being part of the Take Twelve Recovery. Welcome Thanks. aboard, radio. Thanks for having me, radio family. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, Thank you. And then. Uh, yeah, zippity doodah. I mean, I was looking at all the different people. So if you go to our our website at take12radio.com and click on our partners link up at the top of the page and look at all the people that have been involved in Take 12 Radio over the 16 years 
there's just a ton of folks. Bunch, yeah. Just a bunch. Uh, really, really a, a whole bunch. And we are so, so grateful for that. Um, okay, so next up. Aha! Stop right there. It's time for the Monty Man's Weekly Watch. Complain and whine, you're the Monty Man. <laughs> and we know how you love to complain. That's right. There's always something to whine about. Always. As each week you drive us insane. That's right, everybody. Uh, it's that time again for Monty Man's <laughs> Weekly Wine. <laughs> Yeah, saying you see, soul, it is time for the weekly wine where I complain about something I'm totally powerless over, more than likely. Um, so I went shooting with my my youngest boy, uh, Colin, and my wife, Marsha. Uh, Marsha shot this gun, and she did four rounds, and she goes, that's it, I don't like it. I'm just going to sit down and watch. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I have to show you. I am kind of proud of this. So, see, my first... There there you go if you're watching on YouTube. See the center there? See you guys? Wow. My first two shots were right in the middle. What happened with the rest of them? I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I want to see man. the video. I want proof. I don't know, man. The rest of them... Uh, yeah, the first two were good. The rest of them just were kind of all over the place. Kind of looks like a pencil. Kind of looks like my yeah. shooting. It is not... A, no, those are... That's a legitimate... That's legitimate right there. Pretty good. Of course, we want to talk about how close I was to it. <laughs> actually, it wasn't that close. I was actually surprised myself. Um, but here's the thing. Here's my... one. What? What, what caliber were you shooting? It it is a I can tell you exactly what it was. <coughs> um I'll tell you what the gun was. Let's see, I, I wrote it down. A Walther PPQ M one. Hmm. Whatever that means. <laughs> Probably a nine. Yeah. Um it'll do the trick though. And I learned some things. I don't I, what I know about firearms, you can put in a thimble, right? Um, Keep your thumb back. I noticed there's self-defense <laughs> arms, and then there's target shooting arms, right? Uh, 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 I mean, uh, ammo. And that nobody, except for one outlet in the Willamette Valley, actually has any. It is 9 millimeter, 9 millimeter in stock. Okay. Uh, and that was Coastal Farms. Thank you, Coastal Farms. Yeah, 9 um, millimeter is a pretty popular. Yeah, yeah. So here's my wine, though. We went up uh, past Brownsville in an area that is uh, managed by the Bureau of Land Management. Okay, so that's the key phrase. Bureau of Land Management. BLM. BLM, right? So here's the thing. <laughs> you would think with a title, Land Management, Dave. they would manage the land. But the road up there, the potholes, let me tell you, you could... You could bury people in these potholes. <laughs> you could just put them in there and you'd never see them again. <laughs> That's how big some of these potholes were. And the road going up there, I mean, he's taken his Hyundai up there before. I'm like, I could barely get my truck up in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that road is so messed up, right? So much for land management. It's not managed well at all. <laughs> That's my wine. There it is. Cool. Yeah, but we we had a good time. We really did. It was It was a lot of fun. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and Is I learned. Like a I learned a lot. Friend of the family, uh, company. What was I mean? No, it was just Colin got his gun okay. and um got a certification, all that. Got his gun and said, "Dad, you want to go shooting?" And I said, "Absolutely, I want to go shooting." Nice. Um, guns have always kind of they, they kind of creeped me out. Um, I am definitely for the right to bear arms, but they just kind of creep me out. I don't know why, um, but in a good way, I guess. I had a, I had a blast, literally, <laughs> right? Because it is an explosion going on in your hand. Think about that. There is an explosion going on in your hand. That is just weird. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anything to whine about Denver? <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. All right, we're we're good today. Thanks. Are you good? All right. Anybody? Anybody? Any whining? Come on, Marv. No, I don't have any. No? 
Dave's got a whole list, but he's not going to share. I can see it in his face. Okay, that's fine. He's taking the fifth. All right, as long as he's not drinking a fifth. All right, we're going to take a short break. We come back. Um, the topic. Does cold medicine count? <laughs> Court-ordered recovery. And then we're going to have an uh, interesting discussion about that. So don't go away. We'll be back right after this. You can testify, but you just can't win. Because I'm here to tell you, you guilty as sin. Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. Hey there, it's the Monty Man, and this is the least favorite part of my job. Listen, our shows are always for fun and for free, but it does take some expense to operate KHLT Recovery Broadcasting and bring to you what we believe is the best in recovery talk journalism. Listen, if you've appreciated our shows and you can consider a donation to keep us on the air, this is the time of year when our big bills come due. Nobody here gets paid. Everybody here is a volunteer. This is not a profit-making enterprise, but a service position. And we operate solely on your donations. If you'd like to consider a donation, we would appreciate it very much. Simply visit us at Take12Radio.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and on the left-hand side, click on the Donate button and follow the instructions on how you can become a financial supporter of Take 12 Recovery Radio. Thank you so much for your consideration, and God bless. Hey, check it out. You can now access all of our shows from a variety of podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Podomatic, and Player FM. Simply search for Take 12 Recovery Radio, and you'll be tuned into the best in recovery broadcast journalism. Also available at Take12Radio.com. Hi, this is Pastor Khalil from Hope Church, and you're listening to the recovery talk and positive music of Take 12 Recovery Radio. All right, we have returned. The topic this week, court-ordered recovery. All right, you may be uh, one of those people in your... um, in your 12-step uh, wine about your day meetings, drinking bad coffee, and complaining about people that are court-ordered to the meetings. Uh, or you may be one of those people that are very accepting of people that are court-ordered to the meetings. Um, I suspect that there's probably a whole lot more people court-ordered to the meetings that may, we may not even be aware of. Uh, I remember years ago, um, the... Um, Probably the third 12-step meeting I attended was in Fresno, California. I was living in Yosemite, and I had to drive from Yosemite to Fresno because I had been court-ordered to attend uh, a 12-step support meeting. And I went, and I was welcomed. Um, I had my little piece of paper, right? Nobody said boo about it. Um, Stayed for the whole meeting. Um, the court slip was signed at the end of the meeting and I went about my way and uh, went back to that meeting once a week for like eight weeks, something like that. Um, <clears throat> I didn't have an issue. No, nobody treated me poorly or or scoffed at that. But I have certainly since then, that was many years ago, um, been in meetings where people were, quite frankly, looked down upon. Uh, if it was known that they were court-ordered, or at least behind their back. Statements like, uh, if you don't want to be here, if you're just being court-ordered here, then what are you doing here? Uh, we're not going to sign your court slip if you leave early. We're not going to sign your court slip, period. Um, we're not affiliated, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about um, the General Service Office of both fellowships, uh, the World Service Office of one, uh, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, what their take on this is uh, from their own literature. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to um, wanted to read this short article and then get your guys' kind of take on this thing. Uh, this is from practicalrecovery.com. It says, if you've ever been convicted of an offense related to addiction, it is common to be ordered to attend support groups, treatment, or both. 
It has also been common that you would be ordered not just to a support group, but to Alcoholics Anonymous specifically, or to another 12-step-based group. Based on recent court decisions, if you have been ordered to attend a 12-step group or 12-step-based treatment by the government, you have the right not to attend them. However, you can still be required to attend some form of support group and some type of treatment. These court decisions are based on the finding that Alcoholics Anonymous is a religious enough program that being required to attend it would be similar to requiring someone to attend church. Five U.S. Circuit Courts of Appeal have made similar rulings. The most recent of these decisions is Anaya v. Kemna, filed in 2007. If AA is a religion, then it easily follows that the government may not order you to attend it. But is AA really a religion? The Second Circuit Court decision states that AA placed a heavy emphasis on spirituality and prayer in both conception and in practice. The participants were told to pray to God and that meetings began and adjourned with group prayer. The court, therefore, had no doubt that AA meetings were intensely religious events, although some have suggested that AA is a spiritual but not religious program, the court found AA, the court found AA to be religious. Interesting, right? So you can, if you're court ordered to attend a recovery support meeting, uh, it doesn't have to be AA, doesn't have to be NA, but it may be, it may have to be a 12-strip group. It just depends right? It's going to depend on the court. It's going to depend on the county. Um, but in, in in reflecting on this article, just on the thing, the whole issue, the controversy around Alcoholics Anonymous uh, being religious, isn't it interesting that though AA membership, AA World Service Office, says it is not religious, and yet a court system is claiming that it is religious, so, let's open it up. Dave, what do you think about that? <laughs> what is uh what constitutes uh religion? Did you look that up? Well, evidently does it matter cuz a court is saying that it is or it isn't. Regardless of what our opinions are. Uh yeah. <laughs> I remember back in the day when they used to, uh, you know, they require people to, as part of their treatment or recovery or sentence, whatever you want to say, sentence, thank you, uh, to do 90 meetings in 90 days. I remember that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, And then I remember when they, then all of a sudden that was gone, that was taken away. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't hear much of it for a long time. Yeah, it was almost like the probation officers couldn't, you know, they wouldn't mandate that. Right. You know, it was maybe suggested to, you know, seek out some self-help groups or whatever, but mm-hmm. nothing specific. Um, and of course, that depends, you know, obviously on what area and probation officer or whatever. I had a probation officer that, you know, it wasn't written down, but it was part of the requirement that that uh, I attend some kind of self help group. It was no. So, what did you attend? I went to the. This was the last time I, you know, right went through that process. Um, I went to everything: AA, NA, whatever you could. DRA, which is Dual Recovery Anonymous. I uh-huh. went to Al-Anon. Um, How were you received by membership? Did, did anybody know you were court-ordered? Did you have to present a slip or a card? or I didn't make it a big deal. Right. I just... You, you know, weren't waving a flag. You just kind of... Well, yeah. I And I... <coughs> you know, they did the... You know, they suggested that I go to meetings. Well, mm-hmm. I, through my past experience, I you know, looked at it as doing the 90 meetings in 90 days routine. That was just part of what I wanted to do for myself. Right. And that was the difference that last time is I was doing it for myself. I wasn't doing it for them. 
the the bonus was that also met a requirement that I needed to do for yeah my 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 uh, my sentence, but I didn't make a big deal of it. You know, I whoever was leading the meeting, um, just had him sign. I had I printed up my own sheet, so I'm going to meetings every day for almost two years, and so I had signatures from every meeting. Yeah. Just, and some of it was I, you know, wrote down the person's name and their phone number after I got their permission so that they could be contacted if... To verify. If the, if they chose to do that, they didn't, they didn't follow up on that. I right. mean, I kind of went above and beyond, but that was because it was my own thing. But I've, in the past, I've, you know, I've done the, the whole thing about asking, if, you know, can you sign my slip? Sure. You know? Sure. And sometimes you get an attitude from the person or even the people facilitating the meeting will say something like, I don't sign slips or, mm-hmm. you know, you get you kind of have that control issue. Um, so, you know, I just, I would have a phone list and whoever was leading the meeting, I'd just write their name down and, you know, hey. I just realized you're wearing our headphones today. I am. Wow! Yay! You, you shame me into it. <laughs> wow! No, just I didn't. He forgot his other ones. <laughs> I, I actually didn't forget. I thought, you know, I'm just. I don't care. He's just chilling. The whole reason why I wear the other ones was when I'm working. You yeah. know. Yeah. I don't want it to mess up my hair because I'm not wearing a hat usually oh. when I'm working. Remember, I used to come in at. In between, yes. <laughs> oh, vid, right? <laughs> so, so what do you? Th- let's let's shift over here to to Margie and Marv. Um, just on the the thing about a court stating this is what you are. You are a religious program. They're not even deeming you spiritual. They're just saying you're religious. What do you think of that? Well, I mean. <coughs> Excuse me. The court makes all kinds of determinations about all kinds of things. Don't but, they now? But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I they can say that, but I personally don't feel like it's a religious program. I feel like it's a spiritual program, and it's a recovery program. Um, but um, I mean, God is definitely involved. Uh, so God, just because God's involved, doesn't make it religious, though, right? No, not to me. That's what I'm hearing you're, you you say. Yeah, yeah, not to me. It, to me, it makes it spiritual. To me, religious, and this is just my opinion, is <clears throat> is when uh, is is church something related to, you know, um, I don't know. Are you a Protestant? Are you a Catholic? Are you a, like denominationalism? Denominationalism, right. yeah. And spiritual is a whole different thing. And God is definitely involved for me in my spiritual quest. Yeah. But, um, you know, we what can you do if that, that's what the court says? That's what they say. Sure. Is it is it listed as uh, God or is it, I mean AA or is it like twelve step or both? Because in, there are in, in this article from PracticalRecovery.com, it is it's Alcoholics Anonymous specifically. Okay, because there's tons of programs that have a just different name. But I would say thing. that that the impression that some people get is that AA tends to lean more towards a dependence on God. And, and kind of drives that home. At least the literature does. Yeah. Maybe not the group so much. Um, a little bit more than other twelve-step fellowships do, unless they're specifically um, faith-based, right? Like Alcoholics for Christ or Celebrate Recovery or something like that. Um, I see more of, of a tendency in Alcoholics Anonymous to really promote the relationship with God than I do in Narcotics Anonymous. At least here. Uh, in this in this area, so I, I I'm wondering if that's why the courts were focusing on AA so much. Um, but to deem it a religious program, therefore we can't require you to go. Um, is an interesting concept for me. What, what do you think, Marv? Um, well, <clears throat> when I was drinking. Mm-hmm. I was very religious. 
about it, right? About drinking. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, the, other, Marv. the other part of the story <laughs> Please is take this hangover every over. morning when I get up, <laughs> yeah. I drink a cup of coffee and smoke a cigarette religiously. Yeah. To me, the court's way off base. Mm-hmm. Um, cults are religions. There you go. Yeah. And um, the difference to me, and and uh, it's been brought up already, you say it's spiritual, mm-hmm. but what does that mean? What's that mean? Because that could be broad too, right? Yeah, and to me what that means, and of course we all know about opinions. Sure. But that means a change in the inner man, mm. a change of heart. And... Um, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. What do you think, Denver? I think any time government is involved, it gets cluttered. Ooh, there you go. So uh, what they decide is is some kind of foundation. It isn't my foundation. Right. Uh, my experience with AA programs, uh, treatment, whatever, is there is, and I love the religious cult comment because to me that's exactly what that is that is a uh, regimented procedure that you will follow i never found aa that way i believe it is a spiritual program and there's been meetings i've been to that wasn't quite as spiritual as maybe what i thought the what i was looking for oh so uh yeah when government's in it it, it i don't care what they mandate or what they say yeah. is true to me, AA is not a religious program. It's kind of an out. It sounds like for some people, oh, I won't attend that because it's a religion. So sure, I, I don't know. I don't know where that leads. Right. But. That's kind of funny because the program that I came to, we all either worked there, or went through right, it. Right. Right. Uh, first, first comment that was made was that. Oh, you're gonna take God out of it now. From the from the students. Oh, right, I remember that. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, here we go. We're gonna take God out of because, this. Because 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 like... you're because you're injecting a a medical, clinical, mental, you know, thing in something that is clinical, mental, and all, it, all exactly. of a sudden God's being removed. But God's part of clinical, mental, physical. Right. Well, and part of that was, you know, I interjected the uh, twelve-step concepts, right. right, so that they could get prepared when they leave the program, Amen. right, to have at least some kind of foundation, you yeah. know, between the two. Um, so it's familiar for you when you right go plug in after you, can you graduate. Be self-sufficient. Yeah. Yep. So so. I have a little different take on whether AA is really... I think AA is very religious. If you go by what people deem as religious. So I'm kind of tongue-in-cheeking it here. And that's a whole other show, really. But well, I, I, there's, there's people in AA that make it religious. All, that's what I mean. Right. Yeah. That's what right. I mean. So I'm not saying that that the program, the literature is, but sometimes the fellowship can become that way. So I, lo- I love uh, folks that say... Um, I say, what, do you, what is it you don't like about religion? And they'll usually say, well, it's organized religion I don't like. I go, okay, well, explain that. Well, they they swear by one book and one book alone. They say there's only one way to God. Um, they ask you for money. They stand behind a pulpit, pulpit and they preach that what they're saying is, you know, the, the way and the only way. And I'm like, sounds like a speaker meeting at an AA convention to me. <laughs> I mean, we do all that stuff, Right. I don't think we sing too much, maybe in some place. Well, some of the uh, the musicians' meetings that they have in Southern California, they do that. Um, we light candles at candlelight meetings. We pass a basket. I mean, some old-timers will even cuss you out if you don't put a dollar in there. Um, we swear by one book. This is the only book. And it, it, we do all that stuff so we can become very religious. So we're, it's kind of humorous to me. Um but for a court to deem it, I, I don't know. It's just it's just an interesting thing. So let's let's look at. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm we're going to look at uh, AA's philosophy when it comes to 
people that are court-ordered to meetings, and Narcotics Anonymous philosophy when it comes to people that are court-ordered at meetings. Um, Before we look at that, though, I want to read Tradition 6 and Tradition 10. This is the same wording for both fellowships. Okay, I'm going to use AA, but you can replace it and put NA there if you want to. Tradition 6 says an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Tradition 10 says Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. So they're both the same for AA and NA. So having said that, um, Narcotics Anonymous World Service article entitled Meeting Attendance Cards. Uh, One of the principal concerns expressed over and over again is whether signing a meeting attendance card conflicts with the guidance expressed in steps, or traditions rather, 6 and 10. NA states, we don't believe that it does in principle, though we encourage each group to discuss this question for themselves, just as we have done. So they don't believe it violates any of the traditions. The rationale for our thinking is, if a group were to report on members' attendance, their behavior, whether they stay for the whole meeting, their participation or lack thereof, or report somehow on the nature of their recovery, we might say that the line between cooperation and affiliation has been crossed. But when at the request of people attending our meeting, we simply provide verification of their attendance without any consideration of why they are requesting that verification, we believe that it is a reasonable approach that doesn't endorse or affiliate with the requesting agency. So that's Narcotics Anonymous's, the, the World Service Office's take on attendance cards. Okay, now let's shift over to Alcoholics Anonymous. This is an article from an information pamphlet um, printed by Alcoholics Anonymous uh, called A Resource for Drug and Alcohol Court uh, Professionals. It's entitled Proof of Attendance at Meetings. Some judges require written proof that offenders have attended a a certain number of meetings. Often, when the court-ordered newcomer attends an AA meeting, the group secretary or other group officer is willing to sign their first name or to initial a slip furnished by the court saying so-and-so was at the meeting on a particular date. Hopefully, all involved recognize that neither the group nor its members are bound in any way by the signature, nor does this courtesy signify affiliation of the AA group with any other program or guarantee that the attendee was present for the entire meeting. It simply illustrates cooperation. Court professionals should understand, too, that attendance at AA meetings doesn't guarantee sobriety. Placing great emphasis on AA's principle of anonymity, we understand that some AA members are uncomfortable when asked to sign their full name or to supply other personal information indicating that they are AA members. The cherished tradition of anonymity provides protection to all AAs from being publicly identified as alcoholics, a safeguard especially important to the newcomer. Since each group is autonomous, and providing proof of attendance at meetings is not a specific part of AA's program, each group and group member has the right to choose whether or not to sign court slips. While some groups have elected not to sign court slips, it is our experience that most groups will try try to cooperate with our professional friends. So what I'm hearing there, in both cases, it sounds like it's up to the group if they want to do that or not. Marv? Yes, sir. Hello. Howdy. <laughs> so, the your home group, do they sign court slips? Um, they used to. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been so long since uh, uh, when you brought this, when I heard you were bringing this topic up, I thought, geez, when's the last time I heard somebody say, well, I was mandated by the right. court. It seems like now, and and I'm probably way off base, but a lot of lot of that has to do with um, 
the judge actually remanding them to uh, treatment or mm -hmm. what they call a drug court or and and so for a long time I haven't seen it right but my own idea about it is why would you not sign it yeah because right. why why would you um to me that's like agitating yeah you got a newcomer they don't know what's going on they're in there because they're forced to be in there and you're chewing their butt out because you're going to sign they want you to sign a slip yeah come on give Boy, me a break yeah those people are in there and maybe a seed will be planted amen and i wholeheartedly agree because so, you know a person can verbalize that they don't want to be there but in their gut they really do they just don't want to admit that yet um or maybe they just don't know and they're just spouting out what they don't know who knows right right um, yeah, where's the love and compassion that we're supposed to show the newcomer? We're yeah. supposed to, the, the, the hand of AA, the hand of NA, the hand of CR, I mean, they're all the same. We're supposed to be willing to be supportive and encouraging, right? And to, to make this statement, and I've heard it, it's been a long time since I've heard it, but I have heard it. If you're court ordered, we'd rather not know about it. Yeah. I, and I'm like, golly, I mean... I felt alienated from the world as it was when I walked into my very first 12-step meeting, right? Thank God I felt welcomed. Yeah, my second one, I did not. My first one, I did. So I went back to that one. Um, Who cares what got you there? Right? Exactly. And it, it's it's almost that same mentality that, that, that people say, if you're not here for yourself, it's not going to work. Well... A lot of people aren't there for themselves when they first walk in the door, but something happens. Seeds are planted, you know, and and uh, growth takes place, and a change happens from a behavioral change to a heart change. I don't know too many people that woke up one day and said, today I am looking forward to going to my first Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Usually you put it off as long as possible, and then you're like, oh, geez, I guess I better go. It's 7 o'clock. I got to get. Yeah. yeah. I've got three warnings already from my PO. So it doesn't, it doesn't look like there is a tradition violation here at all. Um, and you have, you have the choice, even as, as a member, whether to sign that thing or not, according to the literature uh, even if the group as a whole has decided we do sign court slips, if you as an individual member don't feel comfortable doing that, you don't have to do that. Right. It doesn't uh, doesn't take away your membership. It doesn't do any of that. It, it is up to you. Still America, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm what, beginning to wonder. I, I, what I've done in those cases is I just write down the meeting and the time and, right. you know, let them know that no one was willing to sign it and then you know yeah they can choose to do whatever they want to do with that but at right. least you know you're you're writing something down and you're doing your part because i know it's tough when you first start yeah in yeah recovery you know right just to walk in the door there's many times where i sat outside the door and oh and yeah I turned I around that. and drove away yeah me too yeah you know or waited till everybody was in and then snuck in and, and sat in the back row. And then before it was totally finished, I would zip out, Yeah, you know, uh, until, I, until you get comfortable, you know. So let's shift gears for a minute and go from meetings to, to treatment. Uh, I've got an interesting story to read here. Um, so I remember this was back when an abuse was being used. Um, courts would require somebody who had gotten in trouble with alcohol to take an abuse, which uh, if you don't know what it is, the body naturally uh, has a filtering system because alcohol is toxic. It's just toxic by nature. And your body has a filtering system that works very well um, in weeding out those toxins. And so you don't get sick. Uh, and so what an abuse does is it stops that weeding process. It stops the filtering process. And so you do absorb the toxins and you do get sick. 
Um, they found that to be unconstitutional and illegal in many states because people were dying. People are putting cologne on and then breaking out and their face was swelling up. I mean, crazy stuff, right? But I do remember um, they the court could not could not order that you had to take an abuse, but they could order that you had to abide by the rules of the treatment center that they court ordered you to. And so if the treatment center said you had to be on an abuse and you refused, then you were in violation of their order. Therefore, you were in violation of the court order. So yeah, they, they came in the back door that way. Um, Didn't that have, that had to be mandated by a physician though, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and so um, it, it can be the case today if you're court ordered to a treatment facility or a residential recovery program um, that you complete that program. Now, what that completion requirement is from that program, right, may rub you the wrong way. You may not agree with it. If it's a faith-based program, what if you're not a member of faith, right? But you have to complete the program. Well, here's an interesting story that happened to somebody. Uh, consider, this is from uh, rehabs.com. Consider a woman court-ordered to a 90-day residential rehab stay, which upon completion would take the place of her jail sentence for driving while under the influence and criminal damage to property. Although her religious practices were unconventional and she so informed the rehab, she did her best to follow the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, which encourages its members to use whatever works as their higher power to foster recovery. To her astonishment, three days prior to graduation, she told me she was abruptly taken to jail by police officers because she'd been informed that she wasn't abiding by the program rules and had failed to accept a higher power that coincides with the 12-step program. Having to leave the program early would have meant that the terms of the court order were unfulfilled. Woman social worker intervened, however, and after a great deal of contention, he was able to find treatment for her elsewhere. This is an example of, as the woman described it, a total violation of my religious beliefs. In the end, according to the social worker, the licensing department for addiction programs in their state agreed that the actions of the rehab were absolutely inappropriate. Although the rehab was privately funded, this woman's stay was financially covered by public government funds, putting into play a question about whether it's legal for treatment facilities such as this one to require that people adhere to the 12 steps. Can they in turn kick people out if they don't subscribe to what's known as the program or their program? AA's own traditions guiding how groups operate suggest that the people should be encouraged by attraction. Certainly coerced or mandated attendance is anything but attraction. Here's my problem <laughs> with them having a problem with this. If this is a privately owned treatment program, don't I have the right to set whatever rules and standards for graduation are? And if you don't comply with that, don't I have the legal right to say you didn't complete it? What do you think? Dave? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that crosses crosses some lines. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate there. Right. <clears throat> um Yeah, I don't I don't see how I mean, it, what's I it's it's kind of hard to comment on that if you don't have like like more of the story of her right, behavior. Right. If you don't have all the the, the, stuff the that, contract or whatever that right, they right. signed. I know that at uh, I'm going to throw a plug out there. Minnesota Dalton Teen Challenge. Okay, they have the they have a licensed basic a licensed clinical program. Yeah, right? they have a yeah. they have an outpatient program. They have a, a a short term residential which can go up to 90 days, and then they have their traditional year discipleship program. Mm -hmm. So what they do is every morning. They have chapel. So anybody that is in the the short-term program, mm -hmm. short-term residential program, if they do not want to participate, they don't have to. They basically 
there's a classroom and they go down there and they work on their homework or whatever it is. Okay. Um, they have an opportunity to attend yeah. uh, other religious, I guess you'd call it programming, uh-huh. if they so choose to. Uh, but they're not mandated to do that. So, so it's not required for them to complete. Right. But it, I, from my experience, usually I'd say 50% of those people end up going at least sitting in chapel mm-hmm. um, because they start hearing things from other people like this, this happened and, you know, this, you know, whatever change. So just change curiosity sometimes. Right. 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 Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've been down there where there's been, when I worked there, there was, you know, I think there's been up to like 20 people sitting in the classroom. Uh-huh. But usually that thins out. But sure. halfway through their stay, you know, they're they get bored sitting in the classroom, right? And they get curious, you know. And sometimes it, I've seen it, I've seen people experience things that change their life. That they it opens a door for them to look at other things instead of being pigeonholed into this belief of AA is this, religion is that, treatment is it. You know what I'm saying? So keep so, it attractive. Yeah. So they're attracted to it, not right. being drugged to it. I mean, you got to be there in the first place a right. lot of times. Right. Because there's a few people that are there by choice, and then there's others, usually the ones that sit out of chapel, mm-hmm. are the ones that are mandated by court, drug court. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, of something similar, you know. So let, let me let me ask you to go around the room, uh, starting with Margie. If you had been mandated by the courts to jump through some sort of even spiritual hoops, maybe non-religious as the definition goes, just spiritually, that if the court said you need to get a hold of some sort of concept of a power greater than yourself, or we're going to violate your condition of probation. What? How would you have taken that? Well, by the way, that sound in the background is the yard guy <laughs> mowing the lawn. If that's being picked seriously, up, seriously, that, yeah, that's what lawnmower man. It's lawnmower man in the background. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's got, I, he's I got was, an electric lawnmower or something. No, no, it's gas. I Go was ahead. one of the fortunate ones that never was court mandated to do anything because I was one of the fortunate ones. But what if you had been? How would you have received well, that? I guess because I I really wouldn't want to go to jail. I really wouldn't. Yeah. That I I think. Would I you would... have lied about it and said, "Oh yeah, I believe." Uh. That versus going to jail, I might have. Especially, yeah, I might have too. You know, because uh, <laughs> I've never been to jail. I don't want to go to jail, and right. you know, it scares me. And um, I guess if I had to lie about it, I would, but. Um, yeah, it would be tough. It would be a, a tough situation to be in, for sure. Right, right. I'm going to... Marv, can you swing around and shut that window there? Sure. We're going to try and um, muffle some of the sound. Dave, you want to shut that door for me? So the, so those of you... Just just bear with us here for a minute. And we're having tough... Tefical? Difficulty? Tefical? <laughs> there we go. That's a little better. All right. Outside influences? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what about you, Mar? What if somebody had told you that and said, you got to comply. You've got to repent, man. you got to do that. Or you're not going to be in compliance. Well, it depends on what part, what time in my life that happened. Oh, Amen. yeah. Good point. Amen. Yeah. Because uh, I had a lot of contempt for God. Yeah. Very rebellious and... Uh, caustic right so i probably would have went to jail yeah because i just didn't care sure but that's probably not true today (laughs) (laughs) of course i'm old and decrepit now (laughs) no i it really is uh i think important to uh, uh what part of your life something like that happens yeah you know yeah as a kid i'd have been in jail in a heartbeat sure sure Denver. what about you what if you had a mandate like that uh i did oh okay early in uh 
my career, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. not early. I'd been drinking for years and thought I was Superman. And then one day uh, I got caught. Yeah. And uh, everything snowballed really bad. And I was mandated to go to meetings, and I think I went to about six or seven. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as strict as of what it was. It wasn't enforced for me back then. So I I complied. I went to uh, 18 weeks in emergence, too. Okay. Through, through all of that. And uh, none of that stuck for me. Right. I mean, I, I hit a bottle out in the bushes. I wasn't ready. Sure. So... Uh, I probably would have ended up in jail if I had ever got caught because I was violating what they told me to do. But I played their game, and I lied, and I got through it. Right. You know, I didn't come to the grips of uh, I wanted to quit drinking until I wanted to quit drinking. So mandated did not work for me. Uh, I played their game, but that was about it. Do you think any seeds got planted though oh. that maybe you didn't even know? Oh, so maybe I, I, it was always. Maybe we, it was working. To yeah. Some what what we've heard here is the seed will get planted. Yeah. You know whether it gets watered for that time right then, or if it's later in life. Yeah. But I'm sure there were seeds planted. Sure. You know, I got over the initial <clears throat> fear of going to a meeting, which was scary the very, very, very first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I just didn't take. But yeah. yeah, I'm sure seeds got planted through that process. Yeah, I, that the, the mandated treatment saved my bacon. Mm, I yeah. mean, I, yeah, that, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the only time I ever ask for help is when I, you know, <laughs> when my allergy if kicks in and I break out in handcuffs. Yeah, right. That's usually when I get help. Is when I get in trouble. I don't like. I'm not one of those that's going to. Oh, I'm going to turn left into the treatment center. Desperate times causes change. I yeah. I mean, when it came down to it, I mean, and I, you know, I went to a, a good treatment center, even though I really didn't fit in. You know, I I got a opportunity to go to Hazelden twice for 28 days, um, but I was way out of place. Yeah. Um, my, luckily my insurance covered it, but uh, it was. It changed my life. Okay. I mean, the first time I was there, uh, I was exposed to the, what they call the family program. And I got more out of that than the whole other rest of the time I was there. The Marv, first time. Marv, you going to say something? Well, I was going to ask you, or I, I might have misunderstood your question, but to me, your question was, would I go to jail or go to that program mm-hmm. if it, if I knew it was spiritual? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I did understand the question yeah, right. You yeah. did. Um, you know, the thing about it is, I've said this before in this program, and and I stick by it. You cannot legislate morality. True enough. And right. so Denver's absolutely right. Those seeds are planted, and God makes them grow. Yeah. And uh, right. Um, now. If I was mandated to a program, but I didn't know that it was uh, God-centered, right? I probably would have went, right? But right. The way you formed the question, if you, because I was so foreknowledge of it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, you know, and it, and it's interesting because uh, this the statement in that one article that it it basically boils down to the same thing as being mandated to go to church. I disagree. I mean, go to go to your typical AA meeting and just pick a church on a street corner somewhere. If you think that's the same thing, <laughs> something's up. Uh, maybe you walked into the AA meeting that's at the church, too, and, and, and you thought it was the same thing. Uh, the only thing that I thought was the same, maybe, is, yeah. like, prayer. You right. Know? There's some similarities. That was it. The rest of it, totally not the same. Right. And, and heck, some AA meetings don't even don't even practice what's in the literature anymore. Right. They don't even practice prayer. You know, we have the secular twelve steps now. We got the agnostic twelve steps. We got the athe- atheistic twelve steps. We got all, we got all sorts of stuff. Right. So there's certainly um, no lack of choices that a person could probably choose if it comes down to you've got to pick something Um, but so the question in the letter that I got was do we 
um, as members, and I read the letter on the promo the promo video that, that we did uh, a couple days ago. So do we as members in the recovery community to su- support the decriminalization of substance use disorder and welcome court-ordered um, mandated people into our meetings and treatment facilities? Do we welcome with them with open arms? I say yes. Yes. I say yes, too. I know I've chaired, like, many, many meetings over over the years, and I've, I've signed many, many court notes. Right. I've never, ever once said, oh, I'm not going to sign your court note. And even when they want, to, want me to sign it early because they really want to, you know, slip out of there early. Put your mic up. Your... They want to slip there out early. Go. I mean, I'll sign it. I mean, right. I'm not going to force someone to stay just to wait for their 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 note. I know that I um, I haven't been court ordered to um, AA or to treatment, but I I have actually went to treatment. Oh, I'd say like six times, p- pretty much to save my job. Right. And uh, <laughs> um, and then I actually um, lived in a recovery house for a couple of years, and for at least a year, I was required every meeting I went to to bring a slip to have signed. Mm-hmm. And I know to me, it felt like there was some kind of stigma. That that there is um, when you have a, a slip signed. Mine was not a court slip, but people assumed it was a court slip. It wasn't. But um, anyway, I just I know I've signed many many of them. I've never I would never hesitate to sign one. Sure, never. Sure, I agree. I I, I totally agree. I I say we welcome with. I mean, particularly if it's an open meeting, anybody can come, right? And yeah. they should be treated with respect and dignity. I don't care why you're there. I'm just glad you're there. And um, if you're there for all the right, wrong reasons, maybe eventually you'll be there for all the right reasons. But you're not going to be if you're not there to start with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, court-ordered folks, come on down. All right, we're out of time. Any closing thoughts? Dave? Dave? Uh, I have no. <laughs> okay, Margie? Closing thoughts. Bring your slip. Bring your slip. (laughs) Marv? No. Okay, Denver? Have a great week. All right. (laughs) Amen to that. All right, so our closing song is by Steve Dan Mills. Uh, It is entitled, Don't That Sound Like Life. Born to parents, some kind, some mean. Front yards range from black to green Thrown into a gang called Destiny Don't that sound like life? School bell rings Fight for a seat Lunch money stolen Everybody must eat so we pick a side in a game called greed. Don't that sound like life? Baby runs off with a slicker guy. Hurts like hell, but then boys don't cry. So we play a game called Watch Me Ride. Don't that sound like life? Comes a time, come of age to fight each other for the gilded cage. When or lose, we feel a hunger still rich. Don't that sound? our best get it right follow the footsteps our parents provide end up in Rayford Lord or Shaker Heights don't that sound like life Do our time 
with a tunnel view. We claim our supremacy, but we lack the proof. So we tear each other down with the words we choose. Don't that sound like life? Draw last breath. People gather at the cross. The preacher talks about what a great one we lost. After they lay us down, he figures up what kind words cost. I don't that sound like life. Do our best to get it right. Follow the footsteps. Our parents provide. End up in the river, Lord, or Arlington Heights. Don't that sound like life? All right, Mr. Steve Dan Mills. For more of his music and to visit his website, visit stevedanmills.com. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>